Welcome to Peppershock Media's Marketing Expedition Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in marketing and advertising. Now, here's your host, Ray Allen. All right. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm Ray Allen, your host and president and CEO of Peppershock Media. And today I have a guest with me. His name is Matt Dietz, right? Dietz. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I want to make sure I did that right. Always, always wanting to make sure. My name is always butchered all the time, so yeah. I just want to make sure. I just and, butchered it off air. Oh, that, yeah, no worries. Uh, and Matt, tell us a little bit about your business, what you do, about you, sure. and then we'll get into some marketing tips and inspiration and insights. But yeah. uh, tell me about you. So uh, again, my name is Matt. I am a farmer's insurance agency owner. I've owned my agency for 15 years and I sell insurance. So we sell all, all kinds. We sell home and auto and life and health and commercial lines and workers comp and all kinds of good stuff. So it's health insurance season right now. So we're doing a lot of that. My, tis the season, uh, right? Tis the season. <laughs> yeah. Which is good because not many people, the home buying you know, process slows down after school gets in. And so it kind of, it's nice to pivot to something like that. And I have an agency. My agency is an Eagle. I actually used to have two locations. I had a location that you could hit with like a good eight iron from here, just down the street. But nice. I learned that... That's Eagle, Idaho, for those that are listening outside yes, of the area. Yes, our yep. international yep. population. That's right. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I used to have two offices, but I found I wasn't making any more money with two offices. So we... We went down to one. Yeah, Just and you can sense. pretty much do what you do from anywhere, really. I mean, yeah. it's uh, you're Idaho licensed, but yep. yeah, it's all relative because it's meeting with people and building those relationships, and doesn't necessarily matter where you are located, right? Yeah, it's interesting. People are buying insurance very differently than they did ten years ago, way differently than they did twenty years ago. Right. You know, people yeah. aren't rolling down Main Street and going into their you know parents' insurance agency and <laughs> yeah. hey, Mister Jones, I need a policy. You know, it's very different. And so, well, in your world, I mean, no one really wants to talk about insurance. They have to, everybody needs it. Right. But so, okay. How do you make insurance sexy? Why? I mean, how, why, what, why do I want to talk about insurance? Because you need to know about it. I do it. need to know about it. Because I have seen, I do another, I do another podcast. It's called Simply Explaining Insurance, right? And I know what you don't know. <laughs> and I know what you have to know because I have seen the real pain that happens in the real world when people are calling my office and saying, oh my God, this just happened. Do I have coverage for this? And we have to say, no, no. you know, or this happened if you had done this or if you had done that. So, you know, we're on the front lines of seeing oh, the mistakes that happen. And so, you know, my mission and in, in my business is to help people understand how their insurance works. And so I'm trying to do it in different ways. Right. Like, With a podcast. Like a podcast. I love it. Right. Every episode is like five minutes long. Okay. And it's really specific on one thing that's really important. You know, okay. I've done 108 episodes. Nice. That's nice. a lot. I thought I'd be dead after 30. Right. <laughs> what else do you talk about? No, I get it. It's but true but the content comes to me at this point in my career where I'm just responding to uh, I still get questions every day that I've never been asked huh. like yeah. hey if my friend takes my horse out on a right. path and falls off are they covered on my homeowner's policy like oh. that was a question that was asked <laughs> so oh. I, I find the answer and uh, I'm asking for friends right right, <laughs> right. 
and that's an episode. Yeah. So I go back to my office. I hit record. I'm like, hey, check this out. This <laughs> so is now, what I learned. Now everybody yeah. knows. So. Yeah. Oh, wait. So what is the answer? Yes, you are covered. You are covered. Yeah. If it's on your property or just... Not even. Yeah, okay. No, your liability nice. will... F- will cover you worldwide okay. so if you're on an so, international horse expedition right in egypt probably not bucking broncos though like uh, you might need to get a, an extra rider you know for that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but probably but yeah so i do a lot on uh of kind of newer media so yeah i like doing videos um short 60 second videos podcasting stuff like that and how do you think it's helped your business why do you think it's done anything for you I started doing it because I wanted to position myself as the expert in my field. Um, and I finally, I swear, it, you know, it took me, it took me 10 years to really feel like I was an expert in my, cause I, there's just so much to so much know. To uncover and yeah. learn about horses and now. Right. Things. And at the, at the end of the day, after about 10 years, I finally started answering all these questions without having to go and ask someone else for the answer. So it took me about 10 years to, to feel like I knew what I was talking about. And at that point, I really wanted to share everything that I knew with people because it's important. And so I think it's working well. My insurance podcast actually is out. Perf- I do another podcast mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Which we're pod swapping. Right? We are. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and my insurance podcast actually performs better really? than the other one. That's um, great. And it's starting to pick up traction in my industry. Now, do you plug both of them on both shows? I mean, do you, you know, tell, start, talk about? I've started yeah? to. Good. Yeah. You can cross promote. I, and, I know. It's mm-hmm. silly not to. Well, right? see, and I'm talking about marketing expedition and your journey that you go through. So so it's relative to say that yeah. you can you can p- promote both of them, right? I just, <laughs> I just started doing that. And I was like, Good. I'm like, why the heck haven't I been doing that since the beginning, right? Yeah. Because I started them both at the same time. And do you find that people, when they listen to it, do they come to you? Like if they see you in person or, you know, are you finding that it's starting to build your brand or yeah. what, what's happened? because of it i've been doing it for almost five years oh wow um and so i've interviewed like 90 business owners and i've done over 100 episodes on my other one and so when i'm uh, after a few years and when i'd go and meet people like you or i would meet people well and you came recommended too from a mutual friend of ours that we didn't really know each other until we said oh yeah Yeah. and he said you should do this this is how it's working yeah right yeah people are starting to lead with Hey, Matt, how's your podcast? Ah. Instead of, how's your insurance business? Or <laughs> how's your family? Or how are right. your kids? Like, hey, how's your podcast? And so that's good. I'm totally okay with that because it, it gives you opportunities. Are you doing any like endorsements or sponsorships or anything like that? Not yet. Not yet. It's all just kind of sweat equity at this time. I don't know. There's a, that's a whole new world out there with right. podcasts and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I'm still tracking my downloads and and how many people listen and stuff like that. Because it's one thing to monetize it versus being authentic. And then, you know, having you have to separate the two if you have somebody that's promoting you or monetizing, you know, how you can make money on it, too. But at the same time, if it's relevant information, then people are really wanting to watch it. And, you know, they're subscribing to your channel. And I mean, I did. You know, you've you've interviewed some of my really great CEO friends. And I was like, oh, I want to listen to the Connie Millers of the world. And I want to listen to Megan Bryan. I want to listen to these people. So cool people out there. Absolutely. Yeah. So maybe someday you can you can endorse do some endorsements, but you always have to make a a clear message to say, you know, this is a a message that's sponsored. It's, you know, so you can make the difference between you being you and then you endorsing something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My show, I really it's really both of them. I really 
market like hyper locally. Right. Like I don't care. I don't honestly don't care if someone from Oklahoma hears my show because I can't sell insurance in Oklahoma. Right. Right. So yeah. I, 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 I know people do. You know, sure. I people listen to it all over the place, but I really want to be known locally mm-hmm. as just the guy who knows what he's talking about when it comes to insurance. Right. At so the end of the day, more geographically fenced within yeah. the region that you can serve. Yeah. I mean, I'm licensed to sell in Idaho mm-hmm. and I'm also, I'm on license in Arizona and Texas and Oregon, but oh, okay. I, I'm not going after those markets. Sure. You know? But at least you could do it if you had to or something like yeah. that. Gotcha. Absolutely. Well, that's good though. I mean, yeah. it's good to know your regions and where you can do business and, you know, or referral, build a referral network in those other places that you can't serve necessarily, but they could yeah. refer you. Or I was versa. tired of people leaving state, the state, and I was, and their business was going with them. Ah. So I had the opportunity, I've had opportunities to get licensed in different states. So if they're like, hey, I'm moving to Texas, I'm like, cool, I can still be your agent. Ah, there so, you go. so, that's yeah. cool. So and how Texas many people do you, more do you serve Iowa, outside of the area, do you not, think? Not many. Not many. Probably just, 1%. Just percent, not even. Make it worth it. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't cost much. I mean, 50, 60 bucks a year to keep a license oh, going. There you go. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It, so it makes sense. Get an ROI on that investment. Just, in yeah, area. it's pretty good. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, and we always have the the running joke about how all these Californians are moving to Idaho. It, you know, we welcome them. They they want to come. They you know, as long as they just uh, don't do those California stops, right? Right. From an insurance perspective, right? Auto Absolutely insurance. Not. You got to no. stop, stop. You know, all the way. Feel the weight shift. <laughs> That's right. And then go. Through. And then go. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's. I understand. I'm from Chicago originally, oh, right? Okay. I've been here for 20 years, though, so almost half my life. Now, do you say it Chicago? Chicago. Like, Chicago. Yeah. With a, nah. Chicago, right? <laughs> so you can really lean into it for fun. Right. It'll always be my hometown. Nice. Uh, but I met my wife up at Pullmanch. Uh, we yeah. met at Washington State University, and we oh. moved down here together in 2001. And uh, we've both built businesses from scratch, you know, bought a house, had two kids, and Wonderful. just l- love it here. And how old are your kids? They are uh, 13 and 11. Awesome. So we're right uh, like, yeah. in the middle of it. I- I'm with you there. I got a 14 and 11-year-old. I know go. how that goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my wife's family is Idaho, you know, uh-huh. gen- like she's like third generation Idaho. So we hear the... Californians and this and that yeah, and so yeah. uh, I understand but like everyone that moves here needs insurance and there's a lot of building right. that goes up and so it's it's good it's good for business you know so it is. so I don't it's all right and I think I somebody was telling me a statistic now it's probably off but it was like there are 800 people moving in to the valley within like a couple like I can't remember the time frame wow. it was like within a month or something I don't even know at least probably even more than that but Every it's minute. yeah like ever I don't even know what it is but <laughs> right. yeah it's it's just crazy how how much people are moving here yeah, yeah. And, and loving the outdoors and all the things that we have to offer and Amazon's putting in a thing here so we're we're getting all kinds of stuff going on yeah, for I've, sure I've lived in I think five different states and like this is head and shoulders the just the best yeah. I live in North Carolina and New York and Washington and Illinois and Maybe we shouldn't Idaho. tell anybody. Yeah. No, Idaho is awful, it's terrible. It's the worst state to live <laughs> It's in. awful. Yes. No, you don't want to live here <laughs> yeah, at all. <laughs> no, the sun's too bright. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no outdoor things to do here at all. Nothing. Nope. No. <laughs> no, it's no camping, One hiking, fishing, biking. S- That's right. <laughs> we won't let them come. No. So tell me more about what are some of the things that you do aside from your podcast that help you generate new business? 
the business at this point in time, like I said, I've been in business for 15 years. and the Congratulations, we, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. The, the ball's kind of been pushed down the hill. And so just, and it took, like I said, it took about 10 years, but I have consumed so much coffee with so many people <laughs> in the Valley and built so many just good relationships with the right people that, you know, my phone rings yeah. pretty regularly. And I attributed, you know, I was, I was a B&I member for five years, uh-huh. um, and it changed. It completely changed the way that I, I, I did my business and my marketing. So they do the whole giver's gain philosophy. Mm-hmm. It's like you want to give a referral mm-hmm. because someone because you should expect to receive something back. Mm-hmm. I guess that's probably a more elegant way that you can put Go that. Go giver. It's like give in abundance and receive. Yeah, so if I give, came yeah. here and I said, hey, Ray, you know, who do you need to meet? Right. And you said, you know what? I'm yeah. looking to meet, you know, A, B, yeah. and C. And I said, oh, you know there's what? my hit list right behind you. Oh. <laughs> my well, people I'm gonna that I would that. love to do. Yeah, I know. I mean, just think about, right? And yeah. Anyway. So if I said, you know what? I know the owner of this and that. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Do you know Nick at Amherst Madison? No, but I'd like to meet him. Yeah, he's, he was on my show. So. <laughs> there you go. So like, See, that's kind of fun, right? I'll get you with yeah. Nick, you know? Yeah. And like, and then you would be like, oh, well, what can I do for you, Matt? And, and how so, can I help you? Yeah. Because you would have a Reciprocal. Ne- Reciprocal. Yeah. If I Say got, that to them faster. Reciprocal. <laughs> yeah. Reciprocal. <laughs> if you, if I got you in front of someone that you really wanted to get in front of and um, you would have a, you know, a human reaction that would be like, oh my God, I need to do something for you now. Yeah. And that's it. You know, it's, right. it's not a business trick. It's not, it's not a secret. It's like a human like reaction. Right. And I love people of. meeting face to face. I mean, you could do an email introduction but if it's anything like my inbox, email is where things go to die because oh, right. email is like dreaded, right? right? But if I can put people in front of, you know, where they're human interaction face to face, then it's so much more meaningful because then you're introducing somebody in person and or through Zoom or yeah. whatever, you know, try to make those introductions. But you're right. I mean, yeah. it's that referrals that you can give and then you know ideally then you would receive yeah. and because of it yeah no yeah. i love that so and then aligning with the people that just you know it, it's smart for me to align with people in the mortgage industry because they have to have insurance to close right. a loan like they it's right. a formal part of their process yeah. they have to have uh, home insurance when they close a loan at, at the closing table you right. know and so it's smart for me to go build relationships with those people mm-hmm. take really good care of their clients always return their phone just do what's smart and what's business. smart right you know return their phone calls give them great service i can't do anything about rates because you know i don't price my product mm-hmm. so we just yeah. do the best that we can you know we educate all of our clients uh, i think a little bit differently than than if you were buying a policy online i know for sure that we're gonna you're gonna know all about your policy before you buy it from me you know, yeah. I'm not just going to throw a price at you mm-hmm. and be like, hey, it's $82 a month. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, okay. Well, yeah, you have a really kind of tough industry because there's a lot of people in your industry and yep. there's a lot of competition. So you do have to do things differently and mm-hmm. creatively and align with the right people that you want to work with. And yeah. and uh, yeah, so I think by all of the combination of the podcasts and the, the videos that you do and, um, you know, getting in alignment with people. And I think podcasts are a great way to be able to get to know somebody too, because yeah. like you and I didn't know each other all that well. We were just kind of referred to by a mutual friend and it's yeah. great because then now we have this opportunity for us, but then also for all of our listeners I know. too. <laughs> I know. The podcasts have just, they've, they've been great. The, the, the business podcast that I do, I love doing because the, the process of business itself is something that's just, it's my favorite part about owning a business. Like, I like insurance. Sure. I didn't grow up wanting to be an insurance 
agent. Well, you know, I, I imagine like, a lot of people don't think no of that as does. like a career no right, you know, right away. I guess yeah. unless you're born into the family or something, something like, that. like that. Sure. You know, but I like insurance, but I love running a business. Right. I love it. Every day is different. And I, I started explaining it like it's this puzzle that you you'll never finish. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. Oh, right? yeah. But it's yeah. fun, you know, and it keeps getting and it can keep getting bigger, hopefully. Right. You know, um well, but the more the, toys you buy, the more, you know, land or investments you do, the more yeah. whatever, you have more needs for insurance. Right. The picture <laughs> gets bigger, right? Yeah. And so I love everything about it. I love the challenge of marketing. Mm-hmm. I love learning how to sell. You know, I'm self-taught. I, I don't have an MBA. You know, I was, I was going to be a math teacher. Oh, my. I studied math, <laughs> you know, and so... You're a numbers guy. I'm then. good with numbers, yeah. which, is, which is helpful. So I'm self-taught. I, I appointed myself some mentors early on. I'm like, how did you do that? Uh, good how idea. You, yeah. How did you get to this size? And, you know, how did you hire properly? And when did you hire? And I just went in with kind of this natural curiousness if that's a word and uh, just wanted to learn so that I could take care of people and build my business and so so I'm a lifelong student I read books I listen to podcasts trying what's your favorite book oh my god my favorite book one of my favorite books that I've read recently actually isn't a business book that's okay it's called the coddling of the american mind oh tell me more that book is about how the um it's really written about the generation of probably the, the like the high schoolers okay. um, of today going into college, and really the, essentially the book is about how they have been brought up in a in a quote unquote you know safe space coddled but, environment yeah okay. but this, the the safe the safe space meant something different when you and I were growing up safe when you and I were growing up meant are you hurt. Right. Are you yeah. going to die? Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> do you have all your limbs? Are you bleeding? Are you safe? Now, safe to these kiddos mean like this isn't a safe space because you hurt my feelings. Right. And it's yeah. causing yeah, sure. huge problems. And then the book also goes quite a bit into um, what uh, screen time is doing to their brains yes. and how it's affecting their Yes. You know, uh, their ability to socialize and things like that. And so I, it was fascinating. I think it's a really important read for any parents. Yeah, no, right I, now, so. I, I can completely relate to the whole screen time thing. It's mm-hmm. like, if you want to have screen time, then you need to go do your chores. Right? And it's like, it becomes this like, forget chore money, right? Right. No, it doesn't matter. Chore, it's the new chore currency, money. It's like right? the new currency yeah. of screen time, That's right? True. It's it, it, and like it's amazing to me. They'll they'll want to get on, you know, do games and all this kind of stuff, and they they ask for more time. They actually have to ask permission for more yeah, time. Right. And it's like it's leveraging to them. Like, well, you need to go practice your viola before yeah. I give you more screen time. And then you know, off he goes and practices so he can get. And it's like this is a crazy reward system. No, it's gonna be interesting how it's. How we reflect on it in like ten years or twenty years. Mm-hmm. Like remember that remember that weird decade where everybody was staring at their phones all the time. Like I don't know if we're gonna get away from the it. The tech neck where you're like looking down <laughs> right? or you know uh, nerd nerd neck whatever <laughs> right? it's called. Like <laughs> I know. So we try and we limit screen time in our house. You know we we track it and because we know there's this, the research is starting to come out. I know. Yeah. It's oh bad. yeah. It's bad. You know. And so kids kids don't go outside and play anymore. You know they're so anyway, that, yeah. that book's been really, really good. Okay, but so it's called America. Uh, call- the Coddling of the American Mind. The Coddling of the American Mind. Okay, I'll have yeah. to put it to my list. Thanks for yeah. sharing. That's awesome. But it pulls back. It would come back to marketing too, because the fact that people are spending really three to four hours a day staring at their phone. Yeah. yeah. Like 
I, as a business owner, want to show up in there. Right. Oh, yeah. Gotta, it's branding. You, you and, have to show mm-hmm, up in their mm-hmm. feed. You got to be in their Instagram feed, their LinkedIn feed, or where are they hanging out? Or what are they looking at? Right. There's and so how, many ways now. And how can you get in the, mm-hmm. how can you get in their phone? How mm-hmm. do you get in their phone? And so that's something I've been thinking about and learning and studying for mm-hmm. years. Yep. Um, and I enjoy it. I know that's what you do. We do. I know. Well. I'm guilty of being on my phone way more than I, I probably mean, company, should. Right? It's like what we do for a living. Yeah. You know, I'm constantly <laughs> uh, checking to make sure that everything's good and no weird you know comments are being made and how to yeah. respond and all that kind of stuff but yeah you're right it's it's definitely a part of the the business now and if you're not online and if you're not in those spaces you're you're kind of getting left behind I know. you know I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to try i mean my industry too is full of old white men you know i mean it <laughs> yeah. really is i mean and and mm-hmm. we are not the most progressive bunch which is good for me mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I love this stuff, yeah. you know, and there are very few. That is good for you. There are very you few insurance agents, yeah, who are podcasting or doing videos online. Right. Really, yeah. I mean, it's got to be less than one percent. Right. I'm happy to be in that position. Yeah. You know, so. Well, it's the next generation, I and mean, we've talked about it too, where people are buying insurance online, or they can get their mortgage online, or they can do all of these things mm-hmm. without even having to have interactions with people I know. <laughs> you know it's true. and uh it's, it's crazy too and we were talking to uh, i can't remember who i was uh, it'll come to me but how like customer service now is chatbots and like artificial right. intelligence and then at and at some point during the whole entire transaction do you even actually even talk to a yeah. person you know what do you think so, of that yeah what's your yeah. thought on chatbots because i i see i think they're i think they're a gimmick i don't think they're that smart yet and I think as soon as I as soon as I know I'm communicating with a chatbot, like right. I have no interest at all. I guess that I haven't had an experience with one yet that has wowed me. That has mm-hmm. been like, oh my god, I just booked my flight, you know, with, with the, the help bot. of yeah. you know United Bot or whatever it is. Right, you know? right. Well, they try to put a face to it, right? Yeah. But but that we kind of know that that's yeah. not not always true, but. The, the newest thing that we were looking at is now people are advertising and creating content specifically for all of the voice automation. So like Alexa and right. Google and okay, Google, and you ask a question right. and then the the response that's served up can be a sponsored response, like <gasps> advertising wise. Like if it's a recipe, this recipe is brought to you by whatever company who just paid money to have the first thing served up, right? Have you done any work with Alexa skills or anything yet? Not yet, no, but it's certainly something that is fascinating to me, like yeah. all this artificial intelligence and how it's you, you can utilize it to your advantage or disadvantage too, because where's the human connection? So I have an Alexa marketing idea that I'll run by you for fun. Okay. Wanna, I'm, I might try this next year, but yeah. I, I got to figure out. I think it's going to, I think it can be easy. Anyway, what my, because you can buy those Alexa dots, mm-hmm. you know, when mm-hmm. they're on sale, like Black Friday's coming up, right? Oh, yeah. I'll bet you can get them for 25 bucks a pop. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So let's say you buy 10 of these things. What I want to do is I want to strategically target like 10 businesses that I want to get in front of. Uh-huh. Ideally, of course, I want to write their insurance, right? Yeah. So let's say like, I'm really good at writing insurance policies, uh, restaurant insurance policies. Uh-huh. Like, we do really well in the restaurant space. So let's say I target 10 restaurant owners uh-huh. and I send them all an Amazon Echo Dot and I have instructions in there and 
I haven't figured out this part yet. I don't okay. know if I need to build a skill out or if I can just maybe link it to a podcast, uh-huh. which I've already done. If you go to any Alexa right now and you go, hey, Alexa, play the Simply Explaining Insurance podcast. Like, and then boom. It'll play the newest episode, right? Mm-hmm. So I could, I've already kind Good of job. got in there mm-hmm. somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if I the can, skills. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely, that's a great place to be. So for if, sure. So if I send, let's say you're a restaurant owner and I send you a dot and you plug it in and you get it set up to your Wi-Fi and stuff like that. And then I've got instructions that say, right. ask it this, you know, mm-hmm, and whatever mm-hmm. it's going to say, let's just say it's top five things that you should do to protect your restaurants, you know, from an insurance yeah. standpoint. And yeah. then it's just me, blah, 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 blah. Right. You know, and then I don't know if, I don't know if the skills are weekly where it would be something where I'd have laid out for the first four weeks or something like that, but you're totally Trojan horsing yourself, <laughs> you know, into, into this guy's yes. office, right? Yes. Well, it kind of, hmm. it reminds me of when we used to do the jump drives that we would have preloaded videos yeah. that when you plug it in, it automatically played this video and then you would have those jump drives you could use forever, right. but it would be just like that idea that, oh, here's a jump drive you could have, but then you, it's like this. Like you said, it's kind of like a Trojan horse that's right. like, here's the secret message that you didn't know you're going to have when you pop this in. Yeah. And-, <laughs> and an Alexa is something that will probably be used, you know, mm-hmm. more than, so every time they use it, they'll be, they would think of you. And so even though yeah. it, I, I don't, I would probably have to sell one or two policies, right. you know, to make my money back. Yeah. So, well, Google know. sent me my Google home, my little Google, uh, I have a Google here. Yeah. Okay, Google, say hello. Hi. What can I do for you? Very good. <laughs> so Google sent that to me and it has my name on it. Like they, you know, and they, of course they wanted to talk to me about Google advertising because we do a lot of that. So yeah. they, they were like similarly, but it was all just printed stuff. So see if they were smart, they could have, you know, programmed it to, to talk to me and tell me about what they want. Right. So I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I, I think know. we should pitch it. <laughs> I think we should try that. I don't know. Yeah. Try and we have to make the Alexa. We have to brand the Alexa, but they're good. They're so, they're so cheap. They are. So yeah. It's a, it's a good way. Bucks. The echoes, the dots, the uh, whatever. <laughs> right. I had another, I, there was another guy who told me that he did this idea probably 10 or 15 years ago, but he was buying burner phones, like those throwaway phones. Oh, yeah. You know, and he would send them to people with instructions to dial this number at this time Ooh. or something like that. So it's this total Mission Impossible thing. Sounds like but they're going to the, call yeah. you, right? <laughs> and so you're like, hey, what a good, but would you dial a number on a phone that you got in the mail? I don't know. Oh, I'll that's a really marketing you know, tactic, right? I liked it, so. There's this idea. I, I someday I'm going to do this. So uh, to the listeners, don't steal it from me. But but what I want to do, and, and somebody else has done it before, but I would modify it a little bit. But basically, people would drop wallets, right? Oh. And, and like, oh, somebody picks up a wallet, and then there's like a card in there for instructions of like who it belongs to, and then they call it. And it's like this guerrilla marketing tactic because right. now they're going to get like this information that it would be, oh, you're, you're, you're invited. You're secretly invited to this event and you need to come. And like it would be like a, I don't know, kind of interesting to see how we could do it and track it to see because people would want to you know good honest people would want to give their wallet back to them (laughs) right right? (laughs) you want to get your wallet in front of the right people you know like okay here he goes now go now drop your wallet in front of that guy right there yeah what if you put a 50 dollar bill in it wouldn't it be fun to track to see if people like returned it or you know maybe they they yeah anyway (laughs) it's a total ethics exam right there that would be a yeah (laughs) fascinating to watch but good guerrilla marketing tactic to see yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, we might good. have to think about that. <laughs> We've got some good ideas. I think so. Let us know For how sure. those things go. But I think I'm going to do that. 
that echo yeah. dot thing. That's just, cool. That's a really cool thing. Yeah. yeah. Seeing how you can get it to program what, what you want it to say or how you want to, whatever, whatever we can come up with to get it to do what we want it to do and get the people who receive it to do and ask it what you want it to yeah, ask. There's got to be a yeah. way to get a face to face after that though, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got to be able to one, one time we did this campaign with a insurance, a, a dental insurance company. And basically it was to allow the salespeople to get meetings with the HR directors because they're the ones who do the benefits for dental insurance, right? right? So we did this video and at the end they could fill out this form if they were, you know, interested, but then they would receive a $80 Sonicare toothbrush that the salesperson would then hand deliver to the right person that, you know, filled out the form. And so we knew the interest and everything. Yeah, it it worked really well because, you know, an $80 Sonicare toothbrush is like... Yeah. That's okay. Awesome. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> Absolutely. It really, it was pretty effective because they got to hand deliver it. They got the FaceTime with the right person. And in some cases they converted people with lots of employees who then now use their dental right. insurance. So Smart. there's an idea for you. That's good. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the other thing that we're having success with is really something that probably most people are doing. Maybe, I don't know. Um, is just making sure you're, you're cultivating your online reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I started doing probably three or four years because nobody's nobody's reviewing insurance agencies okay i was in business for for 12 years and i looked at my google business page right yeah i looked at it big freaking donut hole i didn't have one review you know no one was mad enough at me to do it and no one really is doing anything with insurance no one's thought to be reviewing agencies and stuff like that well and posting on your google places page too people don't always remember to do that but yeah so nothing like our industry is really kind of low on the totem pole like you know restaurants are different and Mm -hmm. like they're you know oh yelp is a big thing right you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but as far as um i think the other thing that I think reviews are becoming more important, but there are more sites outside of Google, like Nextdoor, or, or, or where these craftsmen are, you know, the plumbers and the electricians. If you needed to go, there are all these apps that you right. can go to. Right, like was it Angie's List or something. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, the Nextdoor app and, yeah. and all those, yeah. So a few years ago, I started actually just asking you know, clients that I was having day-to-day interactions with if they'd be willing to give me a review. And they would say, yeah, so I ended up kind of piecing together an email with a link to get them to, to my get them Google straight page to where quickly. they needed to go. Yeah. Uh, but I asked permission. I sent the email and, you know, most of them would do it Good. like that day. Now there are services though. Right. Some of them are local that you can sign up with and they just make it kind of shinier. And right. So they'll get a text to you. Right. Which will link right to your And so it's, but the, the premise is still the same. I still ask. Yeah. I don't blast. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to blast my entire book and ask them for a review. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I don't think from an SEO standpoint, that's smart, mm-hmm. right? If you, fr- if you get a whole bunch of them all at once. Yeah. It's probably not as good of an idea as to do it periodically. And you're right. You're absolutely right so, about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, my goal is two a week. Good. Like, that's it. It's yeah. manageable. We're at 62 mm-hmm. nice. right nice. now. And we're probably... 50. So you are a numbers guy. I love that about you, that you want to know exactly how many viewers and how many yeah. reviews you have and how many podcasts you've done. Yeah. That, that That's the mathematician in you right it there. <laughs> and yeah. data. Data is a big thing to, to keep track of. Yeah. I love it. Good. And I think the next person has 18 reviews. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, you're killing it. So, you're crushing it. That's we get, awesome. We get calls every week from people. Because how are people shopping? They're going to Google. Yeah. You know, people moving yeah. in from out of state, they're going to say, hey, insurance, Eagle, boom, we'll show up. If they're looking for farmer's insurance in Eagle because mm-hmm. 
right. food farmer's agent somewhere else, boom, we show up. You know, and we, we get calls every week good. from people. So that's been good for us too. Yeah, the reviews are great. Google reviews, Yelp reviews, uh, Facebook reviews, right? Yep. Recommendations on LinkedIn. Right. Uh, I think there was, okay, so I did five, five R's. Um, reviews, let's see, recommendations, referrals. And then rewards. So rewarding those who refer you. Sure. So I'll have to come up with the other what the other one are. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> now it's just four. Yeah, right. It, it's, we'll go with four. Uh, yeah. Until I can remember what that is. Reviews, referrals, rewards. I don't know. People definitely, I think, look at those, uh, especially in the restaurant business too. Yeah. We have a client, Boise Fry Company, and refer, you know recommendations and referrals. All of those reviews are huge. I mean, yeah. people... But it's nice because if there is ever... Not that they have ever have issues, but if in referral land and restaurant business world, if there is ever an issue or anything, you can immediately identify it and, and hopefully ideally correct the situation. If there is ever, you know, maybe there was a misunderstanding or right. maybe, you know, something didn't get done right or whatever the case might be. I mean, we're all human, right? Everybody right. has that moment. But then the the reviews, if they're in location on site, they can they can instantaneously say, hey, I noticed that there was a review and I just want to make sure that everything's okay or. Yeah. You know, anything that's not a five star, you want to, you want to inquire, you want right. to, you know, get that feedback, right? I mean, that's opportunity for amazing feedback and feedback is a gift, yeah. right? And plus it shows some humility if you're responding through the review site itself. So if someone is blasting you or maybe not even blasting you, but just like, hey, look, this is the experience we had. It wasn't what we were looking for. And if right. you can see that the owner pops on and says, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And they, they can see, you know, other people can see that the owner owns right. it mm-hmm. and is just... Hey, we had a right. bad day, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, not, not looking for an excuse, right. but just being honest, you know, that tells a lot about the character of that yeah. owner and that'll go, that, that will fix a bad re- review. Right. I well, I mean, in, in your case, if there's a claim that when it's adjudicated, it doesn't come out right because oh. of whatever reason, yeah. right? You have an opportunity to set the record straight. You can yep. respond. You can reply. Maybe even correct the situation if it came up and, you know, oh, this, this I didn't realize that this happened. Let me you right. know help you with that and yeah. let me help you navigate that. And that's a good way. I mean, I don't know if you've experienced that yet, Absolutely. but, uh, you know, it's good for we you to be able today. to... I had one today where yeah. someone I got a I got a review because Farmers does their own review cultivating so to speak and so I got one that came across my desk and I was like I'm really upset with my claims adjuster he's not calling me back doesn't oh. I, I I do not I dislike that greatly because uh, yeah. I don't want to lose a client because of something that's out of my control you know right and this farmers claims adjuster is with farmers so anyway yeah, yeah. every time something like that happens I will reach out to the claims adjuster immediately yeah like hey yes. This is, and I'm not, I'm nice and professional about it. I'm like, look, this is my client. This is the feedback I'm getting. Um, they're not getting uh, a remember, phone feedback call from is a you. Gift. Yeah. So uh, what I'll, if it's bad, I'll usually email the, mm-hmm. the claims adjuster, but I'll also CC his supervisor. Right. And so right. they mm-hmm. call right away. But at least it's face-to-face and human interaction and your your claim is not getting, you know, yeah. done by artificial intelligence. I mean, or, in the yeah. shop, yeah. you know, like they need to get <laughs> yeah. it out. And yes, like, so agreed. This, stuff, this is what we do. We should <laughs> be killing it in claims. That's what an yeah. insurance company's for. So. Absolutely. So yeah. when those go south, I get... <laughs> well, I I know uh, we could probably talk about marketing all day long, but we're we're pot swapping, so yeah. we're gonna kind of turn the tables just a little bit, and we'll we'll kind of go into your podcast yes. and how you do things from now on. All right, Let's <laughs> go. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> okay, so uh, I want to learn a little bit about your business. So tell me about Pepper Shock. 
Well, Pepper Shock Media started in 2003, and Drew and I, my husband, we began the business after we moved back from Seattle. We're boomerangers. So 16 years of marriage, and then, uh, so we got married in August of 2003, and then started the business in October 2003. Boom. I love <laughs> so it. So our business is as old as we are married, married. And then we have two boys, Emerson and Caden, 14 and 11. Great. Two dogs, a bunch of fish. We had chickens. We won't go there. No more chickens. chickens. (laughs) So why did you start a media company? I think you were in, were you in television? Well, I was always behind the scenes, although I have been in front of the camera. um, But I mostly enjoyed directing and being behind the scenes. So really what happened is I was kind of in the broadcasting class in high school and then college put me through, I mean, television put me through college. So I was directing news or technical directing or editing or doing all kinds of things. I was writing, I mean, all over the place. And then we did that at first channel six and then channel 12. And then uh, that's where I met Drew is that Channel 12, Fox 12 News at 9, which is now no longer. It's completely demolished. The whole building is gone. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so we met there. I, you know, we worked there. We were friends for a while. And then after after that, he quits. Then we started dating. I always make that very clear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Then we moved to Seattle. He got a degree in video production from the Art Institute. And then I worked on my master's degree while working at Northwest Cable News and the Q13 Fox station. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you moved back here in 2003. Yep. And Mm -hmm. you guys say, well, let's... Let's start a media company. Right. So when we first media got back. Was, was very yeah. different in 2003. Uh, yeah, there was no such thing as Facebook. Right? What was this Facebook thing? I know. I'm excited yeah. to hear about what, Twitter. what this has been like. So what were you doing in 2003? What kind of media? We, so we, when we got back, we both worked day jobs and then kind of moonlighted with Pepper Shock until it became more and more that Pepper Shock sort of became its own entity on its own. So how'd you come up with the name? Pepper Shock is a derivative of my maiden name, which is Pepper Sack. So my full name is Rihanna Lucille Pepper Sack. My, yeah, so exactly. So (laughs) it's like a crazy long name, but my grandpa's name is Ray. My grandma's name on the other side is Anna Lucille and then Pepper Sack. So when I got married, my last name changed to Alan, but I also still like needed pepper in my life yeah. i guess and so peppershock.com was Perfect. available <laughs> 16 years ago and then most people on one side of the family the not my grandpa ray's side uh, but the other side i always just called me ray anyway or unless you're my niece and nephew i'm just anti ray ray to yeah. them but um so ray r-h-e-a and then n-n-a is my full name so r-h-a-n-n-a that's where ray came from there you go there you have it okay. and pepper sack pepper shock there it's, it is yeah <laughs> I like it. it's got a good story yeah All right. So what were you doing when you started? So we started at the very beginning. Drew was doing video production and I um, really kind of developed my love for marketing. I was in news, but I, when I worked at the Fox station, I got to work with the Sonics, the Seahawks, the Mariners, the, the, when the Sonics were still around. And like, I met the real Ray Allen. (laughs) Before they moved to Oklahoma City and broke the hearts of the the Seahawks. Yes, exactly. And, And really doing kind of... By afternoon time, I was doing station promotions and kind of helping with the promotions part of it. And then uh, at night, I was either editing video or doing technical directing or directing news. And so I was the main weekend director. uh, And then the weekdays, I would 
push the buttons basically. Okay. And I really started to, to get more and more interested in the marketing and promotion side and then learn a lot more in, in that area. But I was kind of a rover. I really did a lot, especially at Northwest Cable News. They, they were kind of very limited on the crew. So I pretty much did all of it. Yeah. Like, and, what do you want to do yeah, tonight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My master's degree is in marketing and entrepreneurship. Cool. Um, and so when we moved back, that's really what I wanted to focus on. And so marketing, so, so literally we kind of married the two together where we used to call ourselves a hybrid agency back when it was like cool to do because we literally had the edge on the market because most of the time the agencies would hire out the, the creative production. Mm-hmm. And so marrying them together became this right. new concept. Now everybody does it. I, I feel like I was a, a trailblazer. A, yeah. Totally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we do all the marketing strategy planning and then we added graphic design. My, um, my creative director, you know, she started graphic designer, art director. She's been with us for 13 years. Okay. Um, and then we hired Brian who we used to work with at channel 12 a long time ago and just have built up, you know, now we've got 10 of us doing content and digital and yeah. um, all of the things. All yeah. right. So, so let me ask you, things have changed so much in the past 16 years. This yeah. is a space that I love to play in for my business. I really like digital media. It's something that I study and do my best on. Um, and I put stuff out in the world. Now you have a company that's expected to be the expert at this stuff. Yeah. So how... <laughs> it's so new. Like if you think about like traditional media, like print and television, that was around for decades. Remember when we called it new media? New media. New media. Right. <laughs> oh, all of this stuff is still so, like Facebook's only really been out. I know that. 2007. 2007. Yeah. Then like it didn't hit like mainstream for at least two or three more years. Probably. Mm-hmm. I was an early adopter with with a lot of this stuff, but you know, most yeah. businesses weren't doing stuff on Facebook until 11 or 12 mm-hmm. or whatever. And I feel like I was helped. I was pretty responsible for helping a lot of businesses get on I'm into sure. this social space because yeah. it was like, oh, we can't do that. And that was probably a <gasps> tough know? sell. Yeah. For a lot of well, and some financial institutions like, oh, it's going to violate our, our, our yeah, exactly. Blah, blah, blah. So I wrote a lot of social media policies for okay. financial institutions and nice. got them on the platform to begin with. And I Good. had to travel and train and like explain what social media and what Facebook was and yeah. Twitter and all of the, yeah, LinkedIn. And it's different today than it was like even two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's way different today than it was 10 years ago. Right. Now we have know? Instagram and this TikTok thing. Are I your kids know. on TikTok? TikTok? My my 11 year old is like talking about this TikTok. I don't know. I uh, like uh, And Snapchat and all of, all of the things. Right. And so... <laughs> Like we were talking about earlier, it's important, you know, for businesses to to try and get into people's phones because that's where everybody's right? spending their time, yes, right? So, phones. so where are where is people's attention going? So, let me ask you: Where is people's attention today, and how are you helping businesses get in front of get in front of people that way? Well, and I think the original question was: How do you continue to stay, yeah, you yeah. know, on top of the trends and and what are what's happening? Yeah. So. One of the things that I do every year, it's our annual uh, new marketing trends for the new year workshop. And it's going over all of the new trends. And I, what I like to do is a year in review and then a look ahead. And then what my predictions were from last year oh, to good. then un- uncover what actually happened yeah, or not. Well, you know, are you what, pretty what, yeah. with that? How are you with that? <laughs> you know, I, it, it, it's, it's interesting because some of the predictions that you come up with based on, you know, what the trends are. Yes. And, and some of them like, what was I 
thinking? Right? Fun. <laughs> How did fun that? Game. Where did that come from? Why was I? Why was I thinking that? So yeah, I've I've, I've kind of I would say I'm probably eighty percent accurate right i don't know yeah Uh, and some of it's just forecasting and trying to understand where the marketplace is going and what's happening so i like to look at you know what was the top branded tweet or what was the top interesting instagram post that had a brand tied to it right and inevitably it always is telling some kind of emotional story or having humor involved and now it's trending and it's 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 kind of almost sad, but yet it's interesting because now the storytelling that we're doing is for a mobile device without the audio because people are watching videos without the audio. So all the things that we're working on is audio agnostic, meaning you can still understand the story without listening to it or we'll have subtitles for everything. Yeah. It's, it's crucial. Now, everything that we do for all of our clients, like I make it mandatory that we have the closed captioning Yeah, because people will not turn the audio up. I know. Isn't that interesting? Even what about TikTok? Yeah. Well, you have to listen and understand what's going on. TikTok, TikTok, Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still learning more about how brands can really engage with that because it's a younger generation, which we know is they're the ones that are going to influence Christmas, right? They're going to influence what mom and dad buy them. But because it's new and it's kind of starting to trend, like how are brands going to capture that and utilize TikTok to their advantage for the right demographic too. Right. You know, and those of us parents that are on it, just trying to understand what, what's, what's the craze and rage, you know, why do I, (laughs) why do I want to watch a, you know, a little video about, you know, the haircut that (laughs) I don't even know. I mean, it's a lot like Vine from my experience, right? Vine was, and Vine turned into something really legit, you know, Mm -hmm. but did Twitter buy Vine? And then just shut it off. And just shut it off. Yeah. It just kind of got destroyed. (laughs) Yeah. But to Twitter's, uh, what they did do was with the Periscope, like making mm-hmm. live footage happen. And we, I remember using that. We were at Idovation, this big conference that uh, every year happens. And it's all about innovation in Idaho, right? right. And this Periscope thing was like, what is this? What right. is this? And now, you know, Facebook Live and, and all the things that are out there now that you can do live video, live streaming, YouTube, right. you know, Ustream was a thing. Ustream? Uh, Ustream, yeah. yeah. I remember the Ustream. With a U. <laughs> right. But yeah, I think more and more what's trending is definitely mobile first. Right. So all the websites, all the all the apps, everything out there is just what can we do to be on your phone, yeah. to be on your smartphone, and how do we attract their attention, and you know what kind of games are people on, what kind of things are they doing with the time that they're spending on all that screen time. So let me ask you this question. So I think that advertising and marketing on social is really, it's like, it's part art and it's part science, right? Mm -hmm. You have Mm -hmm. got to have good content. You've got to have either a good picture and a good headline and all of that. But you also have to know how to target it properly and you have to know or else you're just going to blast it out into nowhere, you know, Mm -hmm. depending on what your strategy is and stuff like that. So what's the best way to, to know like what people will respond to when it comes to you know, how do you write a good headline or how do you write good copy? And it's something that I've been trying to wrap my head around for a long time. And I just, it's like, I feel like I'm a bank robber <laughs> that cannot get the combination right, you know, to the to the safe. And so how would you help someone like that? Well, I think it all starts with being able to do the A-B testing and understanding what's working, what's not, and then continuing to evolve so, so what I mean by A-B testing, maybe you have exactly the same ad that you're putting out or the same message that you're putting out, 
but maybe you have different audience that you're trying to reach or attract mm -hmm. or you just change one thing and then you see which which ad worked better right. which message worked better um, maybe it's the font selection. Maybe it's the color. Maybe it's the how you word the words that you're, you know, yeah. <laughs> how can you wordsmith it just right? Yeah. And and then you naturally go to the one that works best and then you do it again. Yeah. And then you have all these different iterations until you get what you feel is going to be the best that you can. And then you can take those to non-digital aspects. So now you've tested the message. You've got everything that you know within your audience and now you can take it to other methods that are a little bit harder to to track and test right sure. like radio or television ads or you know things that are not it's kind of a one-way communication so so those are ways that we try to do things that we can test the messaging and understand our audience and what's going to resonate with them okay. like it yeah yeah that's, that's definitely one one thing that we found for sure yeah, I think there are a lot of people out there who are trying to do like paid social reach, you know, and I don't I don't mean I mean people are trying to do it right, you know, with uh, paid ads and mm -hmm. the targeting and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But um, but they'll try it once and right. then they don't see anything. And then they're like, well, this doesn't work, that doesn't you know, work. <laughs> and it's just it's a long play. You got to do you got to mm -hmm. put the work in, I guess, yep. to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's tools now that can help you do that too. I mean, it does it where you can set the parameters and then it, it'll automatically shift budget to the one that's performing, right. outperforming, you know, and then you omit the one that doesn't and you learn from it and you don't do that again. And then you do what does work. And I know yeah. well, I've tried that ad espresso. Is that a platform? I've, I've heard well, of that. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. you can put in 10 pictures mm -hmm. and load it up with whatever, a hundred bucks and it'll split it up and I'll like, all right, we're going to run the same copy with 10 different pictures mm -hmm. and yeah it will shift you know the funding right. to the ones that are performing better and it's better. so visual it's too so smart it's yeah. just that's yep. so that artificial intel intelligence we were talking about too well and like headlines you were saying like subject lines and, and with all the rules with email and uh you know double opt-ins and right. you know making it incredibly difficult for people to send emails and then receive them but we know that there's keywords that will set people right off into spam you know like free in all caps like don't do it just don't do it <laughs> can you use emojis and text uh in uh um, subject lines is that recommended these days it might it might set it to spam i mean you can test it yeah, i would say test course. it and see well, say what see what works i mean sometimes yeah. yes sometimes no it depends and it also depends on how long of a combination of subject line you know short and sweet is always best because then people will see it read it especially on a mobile device right but there's also uh, certain trigger words that people that will send in right to, to yep. you know yeah you're out mm -hmm. yep. so how's your team built today who you got here? Oh, so my husband and I, we started again, like I guess I mentioned 2003, and mm -hmm. then uh, Angie, our creative director. And we've got Brian, a video producer, production editor, and all of the above, After Effects, motion graphics, all that kind of good stuff that Brian does with us. And Drew does that too, my husband. He started in video and he really, he's the COO now, mm -hmm. um, just helping make the company run and do all the things, all the things. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got Brian uh, McKinney is our business development slash social media content writer. She's a really amazing writer. So we, we tap into both sides of her brain. Nice. <laughs> uh, and then we have Etta. She's graphic designer and then Alex, digital content uh, coordinator. 
and uh, Terry, our bookkeeper, and uh, Lorraine, my assistant, and <laughs> who Look else? Uh, there's, there's, yeah, I, I think I hopefully covered them all. Piper, the pepper shock puppy, she's not here today because <laughs> I knew we were recording and Aww. she likes to bark, so yeah, she it. just wants to protect her mama. That's just what it is. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> That's right. But, yeah, so, um, so yeah. Nice. yeah. So I counted, I don't know, nine, eight, nine. I guess I'll have to double check. So that's mm-hmm. a good team you've got together. So what are you doing? Now you are the marketing expert. Like, so what are you guys doing to earn business? Well, how are, how are you getting in front of people? <laughs> nice to turn the tables there. So um, <laughs> one of the things that we started doing, I want to say probably about two years ago now is, and we've really kind of honed it in and perfected it, is a marketing audit. And with that is a whole process that we've done where we go in and we audit our company's marketing. We, sure. we look at their everything. We look at their website. We look at their social media. We look at all their print collateral. We look at, uh, you know, LinkedIn. I mean, we look at, take a, just kind of a peek at all the things that you're doing, just like a CPA would market, you know, and audit your books, right? Yeah. And see what you can be more efficient at, see what you can maybe stop, start and keep doing. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do with the marketing audit. And, and then we come out with an empathy map of who your client your target audiences. We look at what your brand essence is, your differentiation, wow. your com- competition, um, where you kind of stand in the marketplace. Uh, we look at what it takes to acquire a new customer. Um, so you're a numbers guy. So I look at customer acquisition costs. I look at lifetime value of a customer. Great. Then I come back and I say, here's some things that we've uncovered and discovered. And here's areas that we feel like you should continue to take on yourself. But here's some, maybe some areas that we could help you with. And in the stop, start, keep, we prioritize those together. And we identify those that need to get done. And that they just either, A, don't have the resources to do. Or maybe it's the capabilities that they don't have. Whatever the case might be. Yeah. So the audits have been, they're $2,500 investment. It's a really great way for us to work together for just a minute to see how we work together and if we're a good fit for each other. Yeah. And it helps us understand if, you know, if this potential client of ours long-term is going to be a good partner. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, after 16 years, you kind of start to get a little like, uh, I want to work with the people that we want to work with. Right. Good for you. <laughs> You've worked hard to earn that, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, it takes some time to build that. And, and not always do you get that. But it, it also gives them a sense of, is Pepper Shot going to be a good fit for them? Is it is what they know and their expertise, is it going to help me grow my brand and my bottom line? So I was going to ask you this. If somebody is shopping for um, a media company right. for help, what are some good questions that they can bring to the table in the beginning? You know, mm. What should they ask you to know that there's a good fit or you know, to kind of vet mm-hmm. that you know that what you're doing? That would be a good, you know? yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that I look at is, has, have they worked with an agency before? You know, what, what kind of experiences have they had before that they really, really liked and what did they not like? And mm-hmm. it's okay to talk about that because we want to understand, you know, if there's some things that they didn't like that we do, then maybe, maybe it's not a great fit. Yeah. Or maybe it's they didn't like it for a certain reason and, and we feel like we could do better in that area that they disliked because of who we are and what we do and mm-hmm. how we take care of our customers maybe differently or, or better or whatever. And so I like to hear what they what they love and don't love. And if, if they're somebody looking to us to say, okay, what kind of experience have they had? Is there anything remotely close to the type of business that I have that they, they've done experiences for before? And maybe not. Maybe sometimes we've actually worked with clients who were looking 
for somebody outside of their industry or who have never done anything in their industry because they wanted to do something different sure. and just be completely outside of the, you know, the proverbial box that you say, right. the outside of the box cliche, right? <laughs> <That's very> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like and I always say, we were coming up with this the other day that, you know, people want to compare apples to apples. Right. Well, you, you see my office. What color is it? It's orange. Yeah. We're not apples. <laughs> we'll never be apples. That's You'll great. never be able to compare us to any apple because we're orange. Because we're orange. <laughs> I love it. Orange is fresh. It's warm. <laughs> it's, you know, it's invigorating. It's like something new and, and different. And yeah. that's truly how we feel. Like we want to disrupt, connect, and inspire. Awesome. What has been like one of your biggest wins? Like one of your, one of the, one of the things that like you're most proud of? Oh, wow. It was really, really awesome when uh, we were nominated and then won Small Business of the Year in 2017. Awesome. Um, the Small Business Administration and Boise Chamber named us out of like, I thought for sure all these wonderful companies that we were in the same division. Like, no way. They're so cool. That's like, amazing. this is awesome. So that was way cool. Yeah. And then I had to go, you know, do the acceptance speech in front of like 400 people. But hey. <laughs> How'd you do? I did all right. <laughs> sure you know, I, I forgot a couple things that I wanted to say, but you always, you know, you get in that situation, I'm sure. Yeah. Has that helped? Um, yeah, it, did I mean, it move the needle, you think? I think maybe at least it opened people's eyes to, if they hadn't already heard of Pepper Shock, that maybe they then got to see, because we were, you know, put out all over to say that we won. And, yeah. you know, I I think it's awesome to say that, yeah, we were small business of the year. It is. I think it's that's really, really impressive. Cool. This um, town yeah. and this valley is built on thousands of small businesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're the big companies in here, but if you drive down any street, like you've like even especially in downtown Nampa, yeah. Like there are a few. There's like a hundred down here right, right now. They're We're all... kind of like the new Nampa now. I mean, yeah. it's like there's all kinds of cool things going on yeah. now, which it's is cool. Getting shinier, yeah, you know, down here for <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you love about what you do the most? I love to share my experiences and my knowledge of what marketing is about, and I love to help other people build their brand and their bottom line, honestly. I, I really like to elevate and grow. Um, and we've had numerous success stories from from doing that. And that's what I love to see when, you know, a company, maybe they're stagnant, maybe they're like, they've got, they know they need to grow, but they just don't know how to do it or where, where to even begin. And when I can ideate, ideate with them, and, and strategize and plan and, and like see where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And then I can help them navigate that path to get there and go on that journey to get there. And when we get there, like that's the big win that's for me. Fun. Like we helped a company go from 2 million to 6 million in three years. Whoa. And that is like a big, awesome, amazing sure. win for us because it was like, they listened to what I had to say. They, they, they did what I they told them to do. You. They trusted me. Yeah. I mean, that to me was like, <gasps> yes. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, I won't lie. There was some trials and tribulations along the way, you know, some healthy conflict, that's a but lot of, that's a lot it's of growth. like they truly just jumped all in with us. And that's like, for me is the best relationship we can have when they trust me, even when we know that maybe some of these ideas could be crazy and they may not work. Are they willing to go and, you know, go down that path with me and allow us that freedom to be able to do it. And, yeah. and when it does work, I mean, it's amazing. And if it doesn't, we pivot and omit what's not working and then do another iteration to make right. it better, right? Smart. Yeah. Awesome. 
What are some important things that business owners need to know about branding? I mean, it's a big word right now. Yeah. Everything's, you know, brand is really important. Um, but what are kind of some best practices for, for a business owner to know about, you know, you know, building a brand that's consistent and trustworthy mm-hmm. and uh, recognizable or whatever? What kind of things do you do you teach? So I do culture and brand camp every year and it's just getting bigger and bigger. And we keep talking. I think next year we're actually going to not not 2020, but the year following, we're actually going to go camping and do a retreat and do culture and brand camp. But so my this one time and yeah, brand, brand camp. camp. I know I totally play that video too, <laughs> which great. I'm looking for sponsors too. By the way, <laughs> okay. just throwing that out there. there but um, Where I already do you guys have a few. Um, this time it'll be at the Silverstone Event Plaza. Um, we just rented the big room. But next year, I really want to do like off-site yeah. at a campground or like woods. a you know something something amazing. And we've been talking about what that looks like. But basically, uh, culture and brand camp. So you you ask like, what's the branding thing? So when I talk about branding, I talk about it from the inside out. Your employees are your brand. Mm -hmm. Most people will do business with those they know, like, and trust. We know that. And so if they are doing business with your employees, what does that mean? And what is it that they're saying about you behind your back? Mm -hmm. Is it good or bad? Is it, you know, are they, do they love where they work? Or not, yeah. you know, and I've had 16 years of practice of knowing who doesn't want to work, you, you know, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I figured out some of these things and, and I always tell my staff, like, I don't know what I don't know. If you're not happy, you need to let me know so that I know what I can do to fix it or make right. it better or, you know, whatever. But it's true inside out branding from the inside out. So when we want to work with a company holistically, we look from the inside out. And start with the employee branding and employer branding. And then from there, it's like making happy campers makes then happy customers. So in fact, that's what my book is about. You wrote a book? I'm writing a book. (laughs) Is that what it's called? Uh, Well, it's the working title, but yeah, happy campers, happy customers. How's the book writing process? It's been, uh, I, I hired a coach, um, you know, like the best athletes in the world all have coaches. Yeah. So, you know, hey, the best uh, entrepreneurs and CEOs all need coaches. Too, yes. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so Stacey Ennis is helping me really organize and structure. Like I have so much. And in fact, the last time we talked, she said, Ray, you, you really have about four books here. <laughs> right. So apparently I'm writing four books, not <laughs> just one. <laughs> It'll be a series. Exactly. It's like the lion, the but, witch, um, wardrobe, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and storytelling is huge for me. So right. it's going to be, yeah, about culture and branding and, um, and I may have to separate it all out. But yeah, so, so what I did to begin with is, you know, sticky note throwdown, which we do a part of that in the audit, right? Yeah. And just being able to organize your ideas and moving the sticky notes around and then kind of taking that and then putting it to, you know, paper, you know, it's like the, on my iPad, (laughs) but, uh, and I've also found that, um, doing voice recording has helped me a lot. I drive back and forth to Boise and Nampa, or I'm, you know, on the road or doing whatever Utah's, we have a, a satellite office there. So I'm on the road a lot. So I will record my voice and then we've got some new tools that, you know, speaking of technology that will just uh, transcribe right. my voice into to to words. It always it always says uh, it always spells my name wrong. And then we're pepper we're pepper chalk. Pepper chalk. Yeah, instead of pepper shock. <laughs> it's, it's getting better. Right? It's getting better. It's getting better. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting that that you're writing a book. So I read a book recently. I read story story branding. Story branding. Story, story brand. branding. Maybe is that it? Yeah. Have you read yeah. That? I don't know. Yeah. Um, story branding. Tell me about story branding. Well, I was going to ask you. You know, stories. Telling stories in our marketing, 
you know, again, that's something that is being pushed and we're seeing yeah. a lot of. Is oh, yeah. that is that any different than it was a hundred years ago? Like we've been telling right? humans have been telling stories for thousands Forever. of years. It's yes. how we've traded yeah. information, you know, well, and it's for the culture, for right? Centuries. The story of our culture and Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, so did mm-hmm. we like get away from it or are we getting better at it you know what's the deal with stories right now I think you know what people I mean? want authenticity more than anything yeah. and that you you know that that word kind of gets thrown around but stories and and really great storytelling helps with that yeah. trust and authentic authenticity right i think it's because there's so much crap out there there's so much crap oh my god we've talked <laughs> for years i've been talking to people and asked them how do you cut through the noise right because like the facebook feed has evolved incredibly over the past six seven years when mm-hmm. when you had to start pay to play right, right. When they went public yes. everything went right. bananas right yeah. mm-hmm. but remember back in the day when it was like oh here's my friend's bird and here's my mm-hmm. you know my aunt's dog you know my cousin or whatever and now it's just like oh my god there's yeah well know, that's s- what my grandma uses it for i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like what's southwest airlines doing in here and why is there an ad for levi's jeans and now it looks like a freaking greyhound right. Bus station right? right so i think that story good storytellers I think it's the best way to cut through the crap. It is. And absolutely. And I think more and more people want the story. I mean, like think think of TEDx, right? Or yeah. TED Talks and the story that people can tell about their one idea. Or EO Talks is another one that we've yeah. been doing with uh, Entrepreneur Organization uh, Idaho. Anyway, and, and people just want the authenticity to come through and shine through. And it's like how you can do business with those that you trust because of the stories that are being told and passed down and, and, and given to others. And that's the thing, like when you refer somebody, a referral comes with a story. Yeah. It always comes with this a story. This is how they right? helped me. This right. is how they helped me or this is what they did. And word of mouth, right? In order to accelerate word of mouth, it's having really great stories to tell. And having those as tools to do that. So do you think it's important just to tell, do you think there are bad stories, you know, or do you think it's like for business owner, you know, or do you think it's something that it's just people are afraid to do because they think they might get judged or whatever? Probably a little bit both. I mean, we know that word of mouth advertising is great, but if it's a, if it's a negative story to tell, then, you know, that's probably going to spread a lot faster. So you got to be careful, right? (laughs) Well, I'm not going to tell any bad stories. (laughs) So, you know, but we don't, we don't really have that many, you know, negative ones to tell, but for the business owners out there, you know, that are trying to cut through the noise, we all have our small victories. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all building our businesses uh, the best way that we know how. And, you know, sharing that with the world or with your small network, you know, humanizes you and your brand and will make people more apt, I think, mm-hmm. to connect with you and want to meet you and then ultimately hopefully do business with you. Right. Because they see you, they hear you, they listen to who you are. And then they, yeah, and then it is a judgment call. I mean, yeah. absolutely, it's a judgment call. Now, you always want it to be a good one, but sure. and it's kind of going back to the employees who work for you, too. Yeah. What are they saying about you? How are they saying it about you? What kind of things are you doing to help build the culture that they live, work, and play in? And, and even more so now, because people will work with you because of who you are as a leader or as a person, not because of the work that they get to do, right? right? And and so we know that people leave a job because of the people that they're working with. Mm-hmm. They don't leave the job because of the work that they have to do. It's because of the people that they have to work Absolutely. with. So you want to make sure that the environment for them is is helpful and, and that you're in a right alignment with the right clients too. For us, there was a time where we had an amazing cash flow client, but on the flip side, 
it was incredibly difficult to work with the people that we were working with. Yeah. And I had employees crying in my office quitting and it was because of this client, yeah. because of the people you had to work with. Right. And it wasn't, you know, so, so I had to really make some tough decisions because it was great for cash flow, but not great for anything else. Well, ultimately right? it could have been really bad for cash flow. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. Oh, it turned if into, got, yeah. If you've got really good people that you're losing mm-hmm. and they're part of your positive mm-hmm. cash flow. Yeah. You know, so yeah, mm-hmm. that, that must've been tough. Yep, it was not fun because, you know, it ultimately resulted in us making some drastic business changes and, you know, moving into a different place and me, you know, making some choice or kind of like choiceful or I don't know if that's a word. Is that a word? Yeah, I'm making it a word. Uh, but just like <laughs> meaningful decisions to make. <laughs> where, of your book. <laughs> yeah, right. Choiceful. <laughs> but we had to purposefully make some decisions to know that we weren't going to make as much money if we dropped that client yeah. and, and, you know, so what did that whale. mean? Yeah. It, yeah. it was a big one. Yeah, it was a big one. What percentage of the revenue was it? <sighs> More than it ever should have been, but wow. it was a big chunk. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, diversification is always a good thing and not relying on one client. You know, they always tell you all of that, but right. yeah, I mean, and, and it was coming off the recession and, and all that kind of good stuff too. So it's like you, at that time, you, you kind of took what you could get in some circumstances. Would you have done you know? anything different? Um, Would you have I, brought that client you know, on? Client expectations are huge yeah. in, in setting the right client expectations. And I learned a lot from it. Sure. I mean, I probably wouldn't want to do it over again because it's where I, it got me where I am now. Yeah. And I will say that we did get to do some award-winning work because of the, the client. So, you know, we have Emmy award-winning, which in our industry is like huge for video production. Sure. So, like I said, it was great for cash flow. We got to do some pretty pretty amazing cool things with the budget but just the people were so not in alignment and it was the most difficult thing so yeah mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. you're better for it all the better for it all absolutely for it. yeah <laughs> well what does the future hold for you guys do you guys have any huge goals or are you guys like you know what we're gonna you know we want 10 percent year over year growth or like what's what what's your plan for 2020 we have been kind of purposely staying somewhat level where we are, but the next year, 2020, the new decade, now that my kids are in school, full, you know, doing, they can stay home on their own if they have right. to, not that I want that all the time, but yeah. I, it's just a different stage for us now. And so now it's time to truly grow more and expand continue to expand outside of the area. Cool. Um, we have clients, you know, outside of this area, but anywhere within a 600 mile radius, we can drive in a day. So I always say that's really our entire market is yeah. 600 miles away. But yeah, so it's it's truly growing. Um, I'm going through an accelerator program right now. So um, ideally, you know, in three to five years, I'll 10X our business. What are you learning in your accelerator program? And, All kinds of things. Like, what, like, is it through a pro, like, what kind of program is that? So through the Entrepreneurs Organization. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just really surrounding myself with other really successful entrepreneurs. And yeah, that's just a solid being, group, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Well, and I went to, it's called Alchemy in Portland. And it's uh, kind of a regional conference with all kinds of amazing entrepreneurs and just soaked in as much knowledge as I possibly could and, and re, you know, introduce new ideas or maybe reintroduce some of the ideas that I had before, but just didn't kind of follow through on. Now we're following through. We've got some accountability parts to it. We've got some, you know, things that, that I want to do. Of course, I I can't do it all at once, you know, because I would, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you you just can't. Yeah. But there's definitely some things that we've changed along the way, even just in the, you know, last 
probably six months that have already shown signs of, you know, kind of just getting us from the, the maintain to now just, you know, being able to, to level up and, right. and which is kind of fun because I, I do that for our, our, our clients already. And to now really turn the tables and do it for our own business is just as exciting. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I love it because now I can apply some of the things that I'm already doing right. to us too. Well, that's gotta be, that would be really exciting and fun. We're like, all right, it's time for us to do this. Yeah, like marketing automation, like all the clients we do, like now, it, now we're doing it for us too. Yeah. Like, is it's huge. Like it's how been are we good. doing here? <laughs> yes, so it's good. Good. Well, good. Well, I'm all out of questions. No, that's good because we're probably out of time too. Yeah. You know, we'll have to two part this one. There, Definitely. And that's great. No, Thank this is good. S- We've had some good, good conversations. Yeah, it's been just a pleasure getting to know you a little bit and hearing. I've I've seen Pepper Shock for years. I've driven by your space where it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's a cool name, you know? And so yeah. I have been aware of you and then having you say hello at, at the, you know, the, the business, uh, where I, tra- builder, where I crashed your day. podcast that you that were was, recording. So I was outstanding. <laughs> so that was a great greeting. I didn't even know. I didn't even see the microphone. I didn't realize you were recording. I'm like, Oh, Hey, <laughs> like, hi. Hey, hey, just a sec. <laughs> no, it was, so it's, it's been a pleasure. I'm, uh, okay. sounds like you guys are just doing awesome and, I really enjoyed your energy and everything that you've brought. Oh, and yeah. this is awesome. So I'm glad it all so worked much. out, you know, scheduling wise and everything. So thanks yeah. for dropping by and I'll, I'll give you a tour of Pepper Shock before you leave. Yeah. And thank you. And we'll thank our listeners. Thank you, listeners. We've got both of them. So the Marketing Expedition Podcast with Ray Allen and... And the None of My Business Podcast with Matt Dietz. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Find more online at peppershock.com. 